Welcome to Dev Tools Topia, where we have casual and unpretentious conversations about developer tools and the future of the software industry. I'm your host, Kate Catlin. Hello and welcome to the first ever DevToolTopia podcast. Uh, my name is Woo. <laughs> my name is Kate Callen. I'm a senior product manager with Circle CI. And for our first ever podcast, we've invited my favorite engineering leader to work with, uh, senior staff engineer Olu Ayandoshu, uh, who is my counterpart on the the team here at Circle. Uh, Olu, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, but first, man, that's a, that's an amazing intro. Thanks, thanks, Kate. Um, I am Olu Ayandoshu. I am a senior staff software engineer at Circle CI. I've been there about two years. Um, I, um, you might feel like my name is weird. Um, I'm from Nigeria, a city called Lagos, Nigeria, and I have been working in technology for about seven, thirteen years now. I think, yes, about 13 years. And um, it's awesome. I'm heavily biased towards like great user experiences for um, in products I create and um, tends to do a lot of work on UIs. Right on. Uh, yeah, and I, I appreciate working with Olu because he has so many thoughts, not just on great technical architecture for UIs, but also how teams work together um, and how we think about creating that true three-legged stool between product, engineering, and design. So we're constantly integrated. Um, Ola, do you want to share a few of your thoughts about that? And then we'll jump into the future of DevTools. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think uh, a misconception we do have when creating products or as engineering teams or product teams is the idea that we have separate roles. Um, And I think that's poor at best. Um, I think building products is a team sport. Um, I think yes. um, the more you can actually blur the lines of all of the roles involved in delivering software um, and creating software, the better your chances of creating great experiences for customers and solving actual tangible problems. Um, and I think this is evident in in a lot of really great products you see out there where um, you can take a look at a product and, and kind of decipher the differences between the edges of like, well, this looks like a design is designed and handed <laughs> off to, to engineering and engineering executed. And you can just see the scenes on those edges of it not being very, very connected. And um, mm. um, for us at CircleCI, for instance, we, we doubled down heavily on the idea of having one team. Um, and not just in the in 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 in, uh, in the name of having one team, but actually all our tools integrate. And we try as much as possible to integrate all of our our different roles together as much as possible and work together on actual collaboration, not just um, checking check boxes and shipping Jira cards. If that makes sense. Yes, that's so real. And I love that it keeps everybody so connected as well and thereby so motivated. Like it doesn't feel like, uh, and here's your task list of things to do every day. It's like we're all just building something cool together. Exactly. Yep. Together is the key word. Yeah. 100%. Well, let's dive into the true focus of this podcast, which is all about exploring the future of developer tools. Uh, So, so Olu, let's think first like 100 years out. Where do you think um, really big picture, where are we headed in the future uh, with developer tools? Wow. Um, 
I, that's will they really even exist question. in a hundred years? Or will we just right? Like, what are developers in a, in a hundred years? I think <laughs> we'll be talking to computers, um, and computers will be doing stuff for us. Um, uh, that's uh, I, I really think that's where we're headed. But a um, mm. hundred years, that's like, we just have tools. We just have things that do things for us. Um, I've kind of noticed a, a, a trend. Like if you see a lot of young folks right, right now, the way they use computers is very different from how, I wouldn't say I'm old, but as um, <laughs> seasoned <Yeah>. folks, seasoned <laughs> folks use, use computers. Um, like just that, like the comfort, being comfortable with it, being able to talk to software, um, being able to touch software. Software is now a lot more, I'll say tangible. And um, as that evolves, I think tools will evolve um, to, to, towards the, the lens of um, a lot of things we're starting to see around AI and machine learning and things like that. So it's going to be less developers, but just more tools in general. That's, that's how I see it. I love that. I love that. Uh, okay, and then closer to home as we build towards this future where computers essentially just read our minds and do things for us. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think DevTools will look like in, say, five years? Is there anything big coming around the pipeline that is about five years out that we're not maybe necessarily thinking about yet? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think there's a few trends happening now, right? So for, for me, um, when I started um, in software, um, things were heavy, things were were big, so these were large. There are heavy processes what do you mean around. By that? Mm. So, like heavy processes around developer tooling, right? Um, I think um, I started um, dipping my toes in actual like desktop apps initially. Then I got right out of that as as quick as I could, um, and got into web development. And a lot of tools that came um, that were available for web developers were born out of. Um, desktop development world, right? Um, and like sh- being able to ship code is very different, right? Like you come from being mm. like shipping disks and actual hard software to um, you being able to ship frequently over time, right? It's taken us a, a, a long time to get there. Um, but um, uh, the way I see developer tools in, in the future is like we, we know, for instance, on the web, I'll speak a little bit more on the web. We know our true identity on the web. We know what software on the web should be like. We know our shipping cadence, which is a lot faster than most, most apps in general, right? Um, so like we double down on that and um, it doubles down on like reducing complexity, right? Making sure there's less interconnected parts um, in, in, in the ecosystem doubles down on, on, on increasing our, our confidence, right? Um, and doubles down on the idea of like, you don't have to be correct at first. You can be incre- incrementally mm. correct, right? And um, it gives us so much confidence to be able to, to, to solve problems with tools that double down and those, I'd say those three principles. Yeah. Um, I heard this phrase recently that I really liked, which was, it's not that we're all getting more right, it's that we're all getting less wrong. Which exactly. I, I think is like really speaks to what CI is. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, so particularly in the, in the front-end world, are there particular tools right now that you're really excited about or maybe even a tool that you think is kind of underrated right now that will become more important over the next few years? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think there's a few of those tools out now. Um, 
one of them, um, it's not actually new. Um, it's a few years old. It's called Storybook. Um, and on, ar- around those, like it's the, the leading tool that can really change how you develop UIs, right? Um, so essentially, we have frameworks now that enable us to build UIs from a component-first approach, right? And what Storybook does, it, um, it gives you a playground to be able to develop your components, right? Um, and so why is it that, I mean, we've talked a lot about this component-first approach. Like, why is it sure. that you think that that's so important in general? Um, is, that's a really great question. So if we, we, we're shifting away from shipping pages, right? Um, traditionally with, with web, we've shipped pages, right? And that's, that's changing. We're shipping a lot of micro experiences, mm. right? Um, for, for, for customers, right? So think about, um, I'll, I'll take CI, for example, right? Um, we have a list of jobs and, um, and, and we're able to restart a job or, or stop a job, right? Thinking about those as like tiny micro experiences, um, creates a much richer product that's, uh, that provides a holistic experience for customers, right? So, um, that that change happened and a lot of our tools did not catch up to that. Then um, wow. React came out and doubled down on the fact that we should build from a component-first approach um, because it's it's about the micro-experiences number one, but also it reduces complexity um, um, across the app. So that's why components are interesting. Um, it creates a, also gives us a, a common ground between how we think about things from a design perspective and um, visual design or user experience and engineers also think about um, adding, adding value. So that's the, that's what I find interesting about components in general. Got it. Uh, and I apologize on, on our side tangent about components. I distracted you from your original answer, which was chatting about storybook. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, so for Storybook for me was the idea that if you were developing components before Storybook, you would put it on a page, right? And um, actually just build out your components. And each component could have so much depth in terms of the experiences of the states they're in, right? And all of that is stuck on a page somewhere. But what Facebook, um, what Storybook does now is that it takes a component and makes it your focal point of interaction. And with that, you can actually write all the different states your component can be in, right? Um, And in a lot of cases, when you're collaborating with folks, you're not collaborating around a page, right? You're collaborating around a job to be done. And um, that job to be done would have a series of of components in there. So it gives us the actual right focal point. For an engineer, I think it gives me the right tool to be able to collaborate with people, but also gives me the right, affords me the ability to focus in on that micro experience. Um, And it happens that the abstraction is a component, right? So um, it starts with the inception of React, which doubled down on components, then Storybook, which was a tool to elevate your experience of developing components and collaborating with components, right? So um, I thought that really um, lies on the side side of reducing complexity um, in terms of developing and collaboration. So um, Storybook is one tool that has really changed changed how I develop and it's made things a lot simpler in a lot of cases and increases my confidence in that. Right on. Um, 
All right, last question, and then uh, uh, and then we'll leave some time for you to share any other thoughts that are kind of pressing sure. in your mind. But last question for me: um, so if we if if we forced you to go out tomorrow and be an entrepreneur and and launch the next tool that you think will really impact the dev tools industry, uh, what 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 tool would you launch? Um, whether or not it's realistic to build it with current technology. So like, it's like, what tool do you wish we could build or do you wish you could build for yourself? That's a really great question. Um, So there is, there's still a lot of boilerplate that happens on, on um, backend services. Um, I think not all um, backend services have the complexity that the tooling um, provides, right? Um, I think uh, in a lot of cases, there is a lot of CRUD, right? And by CRUD, I mean the, the essentially the create, read, update, um, and delete workflow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't think that um, there's a lot of tools that make that process easy. Um, and smoother for developers, right? And I think um, it's a little bit unfortunate because we had those tools a few years ago. Example of those tools would be Firebase. Parse was a great one where you could actually start writing applications um, and um, just use that service as a backend, right? So it's the idea of a backend as a service. Um, Then um, we had the Google Clouds and the AWSs come up, um, show up to the game and they're like, let's go back to compute. Um, <sighs> and we, we see little startups who don't even um, have a great understanding of what the product is double down on a lot of complexity um, where at the end of the day, all we need is just a backend for as a service will do this as you discover who you are, as you discover that customer fit for your product, right? So um, I'd love to see richer tools that make that experience better. Um, I, like I, it, it's unfortunate when I see really tiny startups double down on like the Kubernetes and all your clusters, whereas mm. the key thing customers interact with is your product from the front, right? Not necessarily the guns you have in the back or, or how big the um, the backend services are. So for me personally, I'd love um, to see better tools that make it easier for startups um, or, or, or product companies to be able to actually deliver products um, um, while focusing more on the on the customer experience side of things. And um, a typical example of that would be like a, a rich backend as a service. And the company's doing that, but um, it felt like we kind of peaked out years ago. And I'd like to see a resurgence of that. Yeah, I mean, as a product person, that sounds amazing if we could just yeah. skip to that part. Um, yeah. Well, Olu, what else is what else is on your mind? Any other thoughts you have about the future of DevTools to close us out? Yeah, um, I think for me, um, the future of DevTools, like the tools I do love, um, boils down to tools that are can enable me to do a few things. Um, number one, reduce complexity. Complexity is 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 what we truly fight in software. Um, it grows as software mm-hmm. grows, and we need to be super proactive with reducing complexity. Um, um, there's something I talk about on, t- on, on, on my team quite a bit is how do we increase our confidence, right? How do we reduce um, how long it takes us to be able to 
push that ship it button right every day should be, we should be shipping things all over <laughs> and um at, at a reasonable sustainable pace but how do we increase our confidence in that right um and also the last one is um we don't have to always get it right we don't have to wait to get it perfect right um how can we waffle waffle our way to <laughs> how can we incrementally um um, afford ourselves to be correct over time, right? Um, there's a lot tooling has has grown incredibly in the in in in, in the developer world, um, but um, a lot of tools. I would love to see a lot more tools um, double down on those three things. But let's reduce complexity for folks writing software. Let's let's increase their confidence and and um, let's enable them the opportunity to be incrementally correct. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of how I see the future of DevTools. And I'm so excited there's tools doing this. Um, I talked about Storybook earlier on. On the edges of that is tools like Chromatic, which makes the process of building um, um, building components and also testing your components, visually testing your components, and um, collaborating with um, designers and, and other stakeholders a lot easier. Like Seeing things like that truly motivates me. And, uh, yeah. That is a perfect note to end on. Um, I hope we see more of all three of those uh, items as well. Uh, Olu, thank you so much. It was an absolute blast. Thank you. This is amazing. I'm excited for this podcast. Yeah.